0: Basically, the 80-20 rule is based on the observation that roughly 80% of your results or outcomes are derived from 20% of your input. Welcome to The Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven-figure business owner and business coach along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to chat to you guys this week about time management because this week has been so crazy for me. I have been here, there and everywhere. I have took a trip to Sydney for work. I have had a lot of things on my plate and I just have really been thinking recently about my time management and what I can do to make my time more effective. I think as entrepreneurs, we can get so busy and carried away in our day-to-day responsibilities and all the things that we have to do that sometimes we forget to sit down and actually look at how we're spending our time. And what is going to maximize our time the most. And of course, time is one of our most valuable resources. It's something that we can never get back. And it's often something that we are lacking in. I know I certainly am a lot of the time. So how we manage our time can literally make or break our success. So in this episode, I'm going to have a chat about some practical techniques that you can use to manage your time better it's really going to help you to maximize your efficiency and it'll also help reduce stress because you won't be so crazy busy running around all the time and it's also going to set you up to achieve your goals so before we get into the specific strategies we need to understand what the foundational mindset is for effective time management so Where it all starts really is getting clear on your goals and your priorities. I do have an episode coming up about goal setting, so if you haven't already mapped out all your goals, that episode is going to be amazing for you. But that really is the first step in maximizing your time management. You really want to make sure you know what your goals and your priorities are, because otherwise, you're just running around. Doing things, doing whatever seems most urgent and letting other people control your time and not taking back control of your time. Something interesting to look at is the 80-20 rule, which is also known as the Pareto principle. I'm not sure if you've heard of it before, but it's this really interesting rule or I guess law of life. And basically the 80-20 rule is based on the observation that roughly 80% of your results or outcomes derived from 20% of your input. So in the context of time management, this means that 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts or activities. So understanding this principle can really help you to identify and focus on the most important tasks and activities in your business. So in order to use this rule to our advantage, the first thing you want to do is look at what tasks in your business are going to give you the best results. So what tasks do you have currently that are really going to move the needle in your business? For example, you might be doing things such as admin tasks. It could be bookkeeping. It could be maybe working on your website. It could be something in your business that you're doing, which is kind of more of like an admin task. It's not actually a income generating task. And If you have a look at how you're spending your time, you might find that you're actually spending a lot of time doing these small tasks that really don't move the needle in your business. You might be doing them because you enjoy doing them or because you're procrastinating doing those bigger tasks. But in order to really succeed and to maximize your time, you need to be spending your time on those high level tasks. So this could be things like strategic planning. It might be building client relationships. It could be working on your product or service it's anything that's really going to push your business to the next level so the first step in this whole process is to really assess your time and one of the best ways that you can do this is by keeping a time diary and i know it's a little bit of a hassle but you only need to do it for a me- a week or maybe two weeks And you'll be able to see exactly how you're spending your time. So basically just means recording each 15 to 30 minute block of your day and look at the tasks that you're doing on a recurring basis and work out which of those tasks are those small admin, you know, perhaps necessary, but not really big picture tasks. And how much of what you're doing is going to really push your business, you know, help to create sales, help to generate income and divide your tasks into those two areas. So once you've identified how you're actually spending your time, then you can look at what you need to delegate. So if you already have a team and they have capacity to take on more responsibility, then this would be the first place where you would start looking what tasks am I currently doing that I can train and teach my team to be doing so that they can take that off my plate. Um, If there is not someone in your team or you don't have a team yet, you can always look at outsourcing tasks to different companies. So this could be things like accounting, bookkeeping, website design, doing copywriting, maybe even your social media, just depending on what it is that's taking up the most amount of your time that where it's not valuable or it's not adding to your bottom line. These are the first areas that you want to have a look. There's a really good exercise in the book traction, which I talk about all the time. I'm obsessed with it, but it's basically a quadrant for how you like to spend your time. So you just take a piece of paper and you draw a line straight down the middle and then one across horizontally and you basically divide it into four quadrants. So the top left-hand quadrant is going to be the task that you love doing And you're good at doing on the right-hand side of the quadrant. It's going to be tasks that you don't mind doing, but they're probably not your favorite things. And you're also good at doing them on the bottom left-hand side. There's going to be tasks that you don't like doing, but you might actually be really good at them, even though you don't enjoy them. And then the bottom right-hand side is tasks that you don't like doing and you're not good at doing. So this is a way to look at your different tasks that you have to do and get a snapshot of what exactly it is that you feel like you're constantly having to do, but you don't really enjoy doing it. And maybe you're not even good at it and somebody else could actually do it a lot better than what you could. And that would be the best place to start for looking to outsource tasks. Now, of course, you've got to think about, you know, finances and what kind of person can you afford to hire? That's, of course, another thing to consider. You may potentially want someone to do something that is really expensive and it's not, within the budget for your business right now. But look at tasks in that quadrant on the bottom right hand side and see if there is anything in there that you can either delegate to one of your team members or you could potentially outsource to give yourself back some more time. And this is a constant process that you have to continually keep doing. I have been continually doing it over the years and I'm still in the process of delegating tasks to give me back more of my time especially since I started my coaching business, I really wanted to be able to give it more and be able to commit myself to it a hundred percent. And that meant I wasn't going to have as much time for hair candy. And I wanted to make sure that I could still, you know, have hair candy as a growing sustainable business, but also give me back some more of my time so that I could devote it more to my coaching business. And this is of course the same. If you want to get back more of your time Because you want to relax some more or you want to go on holidays some more or whatever it might be that you're wanting to do. I mean, the reason that you became an entrepreneur in the first place was to gain back your time and to have complete control of your time and have that freedom to be able to do the things you want to do. So whatever your reason might be for wanting more time, it's so important to look at how you can implement these strategies to give you that time back. Something I've learned as well is that when you do delegate, it's really important to build that trust with the person who you're giving the task to and have really good, clear communication. So this is how you're going to be able to make it a successful transition. You want to set clear expectations and then provide detailed instructions for these tasks. A way that we like to do that is by having an SOP manual. So a standard operating procedure and everybody can access it. And when you do a task one time, you can write out the procedure for doing this particular task and then it's on file. So anybody who does that task in future knows exactly what they need to do. And this is so great because you don't have to keep explaining yourself over and over again, every time you have a new team member, or if they're, you know, sick or they're on holidays and someone else has to do the task, you already have that pre-written set of instructions. So that is definitely one of the first steps to make sure that the delegation is successful. You also wanna make sure that you're regularly checking in with your team or with the person who is doing this task for you, especially in the beginning when they're getting used to it or they're maybe not fully confident doing it. You just wanna check in regularly to make sure that they have all the resources that they need and the support that they need so that they can do these tasks effectively. The next level of delegation, which is my favorite, is really empowering your team to make decisions and to come up with ways to do certain tasks. So it's not just about assigning these tasks, but it's also about developing and empowering your team members. So if you delegate tasks to them, this will help them to grow and expand their skills even further. You're also providing opportunities for training and mentorship so that they can Enhance their skills even further. And when you invest in your team and you give them that trust and you have that confidence in them, they will do amazing things. They honestly, some of my team can do things better than I can. I'm not too proud to admit that they are definitely better in certain areas. So I would absolutely rather one of them do the task, do an amazing job, than for me to be a control freak or be trying to do everything myself. And therefore, spending all my time and feeling overwhelmed, and all the things that come with that. And I will say, of course, delegation doesn't come without challenges. I know that sometimes, as a business owner, you might be afraid to give up that control, or you're worried that perhaps someone won't do as good of a job as what you can do. But that is something that is inevitable. If you want to grow your business and you want to, expand even further you really have no choice but to delegate and to just trust the people that you delegate are going to do a good job and that they're they're going to fulfill the task to the the standard that you want them to do this is really the only way to move forward and to keep expanding it may be now or it may be later in your business but there will become a time when you are hiring people who are specialized in what they do. And that is really exciting because I have been fortunate enough to bring people onto my team that have brought in new processes, new techniques, just completely expanded my mind with things that I didn't even know existed because they were specialists at what they did. And this is where it gets really exciting. It's a really good chance for your business to grow in a different way and to bring in better ways of doing things because you're using people who are specialized in their field. So just remember, delegation is actually an amazing tool in your business. It's not something to be afraid of. I know the feeling I have been there where I have been so afraid to hand over control to someone else and to trust that they're going to do a good job. But once you do it and you start to get better at it, it is one of the best things ever. And I promise you, it is so worth it. I'm at the point now where I can take a holiday for a month, two months, three months, and I don't have to worry about my business. I don't have to worry about things falling apart. I don't have to worry that it's going to stop growing because I know that I have a really good team in place and I've taught them how to do everything that they need. And I've delegated, you know, a lot of the tasks so that it frees up my time To be able to go away and to be able to do things and actually enjoy my life. Another area of time management, which I personally find sometimes gets in the way, is procrastination and then distractions. So procrastinating on doing something can just be such a major time killer. And I know for me, one of the reasons I procrastinate doing things is often because I'm either scared when I really look deep down, it comes from a place of fear because I don't want to do that thing. Or I'm afraid if I do that thing, I might look stupid or what are people going to think? Or all these stupid thoughts that come into my mind (laughs) that are not even reality. That's often a reason why I procrastinate things. Another thing might be because I just don't like doing that particular task. Like for me, I procrastinate around numbers, figures, finances, spreadsheets, all that kind of thing. As much as I love seeing the growth in my business and and looking at the overall financial reports and things like that, I don't actually like doing the smaller financial tasks. So I am in the process of hiring someone to take over all the financial stuff in my business so that they can just completely take that off my plate so that I don't have to ever think about it. All I'll have to do is make the big decisions in regards to how we're going to spend our money and just monitoring the finances as a whole, rather than actually doing them myself. So I just noticed that when I was in the role of doing all of these sorts of things, I really procrastinated and it just came down to the fact that I didn't want to do it. I didn't like it and I didn't want to do it. And then that would kind of affect other areas of the business because of me not doing it, it would have a flow on effect to other team members. So looking a little bit deeper just to find out the reason why you're not doing something can really help to clear it up for you and then either help you to take action or make you realize that it is something that you need to delegate to somebody else. Another thing that I've been doing in the past couple years, which has dramatically helped me with my time management is a technique called time boxing. So basically it is a time management technique and it involves putting a fixed amount of time into a box for a specific task or activity. So I do this on my Google calendar. When I'm looking at my calendar for the week, I have a look at all the tasks that I need to do for that week. And then I set them out in my calendar in time blocks. So for example, right now I'm recording podcast episodes and I like to batch them and do more than one at a time. So I've blocked out three hours for recording podcast episodes, and then I'll block out another three hours for editing my podcast episodes. So it's a system that you use where you're just focusing on one single thing, as opposed to multitasking and trying to do a million different things. And it's also been a proven way that helps you to focus. So when you're working on that particular task, You can actually sit down and really focus and go into a deep zone of work as opposed to trying to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and getting completely lost and having your brain, you know, being forced to jump from one task to another and you end up just wasting a lot more time. So if you want to start time boxing, um, the best thing to do is sit down at the start of the week and have a look at what tasks you have for the week. So it can be a little bit hard because of course things pop up during the week that you weren't expecting um, and you've got to maybe shuffle your blocks around a little bit, but do your very best to just look at everything that you have to do for that week. Obviously, like I said earlier, prioritize the main tasks and the main things that are going to really move the needle in your business and look at how you can fit those time boxes into your week around the other things that you have to do. I like to also include breaks around some of my tasks. So if I know that I have to drive somewhere or if I have a specific task, like a meeting, I often find that after a meeting, I need to take some notes or I need to put in some action plans um, or I need to fill in my asana with tasks that I need to do. So I like to give myself a little bit of time after the meeting to just have a breather, catch up on all those little things that I need to do before I move on to my next task. So you don't want to cram it so full that you don't have time to breathe and just do little bits and pieces in the meantime. Another great thing about time boxing is it really helps you to overcome procrastination because if you set out all your tasks at the start of the week, when it comes to that time box and you know that you need to do that task, you really just don't have a choice. You have to do it because it's on your calendar. You've laid out your week and it just kind of helps you get into this State of flow where you're just doing one task after another and you're kind of working through your day, as opposed to waking up in the morning and thinking, What am I going to do today? or What do I feel like doing? and then your tasks become more centered around what you're in the mood for, or what you feel like doing, or how motivated you are that day. And that's a problem because motivation comes and goes, and procrastination creeps in, and then you end up not getting any of the tasks done that you wanted to do. So that's why setting them out at the start of the week and just having a clear plan for what you're going to do will save you so much time and it will definitely help prevent procrastination. Once you start getting into this habit of time boxing and setting out your schedule for the week, you want to start regularly evaluating and just adjusting your time box to make sure that. You're still focusing on those big picture tasks. So it's basically a work in progress that you want to keep relooking at to make sure that you're really maximizing your time. You can also look back at the week before and see if the time slots that you allocated were accurate or if you were running over time or under time. And also just seeing if you achieved your desired outcome really in that week, you know, were you able to get through all the tasks that you wanted or were things taking too long, were you going too slow? It's good just to check in with yourself to make sure that your technique is working for you and that you're setting out accurate time. And once you've been doing this for a little while, you'll get really good at it and you'll be able to quickly and easily map out and schedule out your time boxes for your weeks. And just remember as well, don't be too hard on yourself because it takes time to learn all of these techniques. And the more that your business grows and the more pressure that is put on your time, the more that you'll have to keep refining how you spend your time. So it's just this constant work in progress of improving and reevaluating how you're spending your time, but don't beat yourself up. If you, something happens or something comes up and you you miss one of your time blocks or the whole day doesn't work out. It doesn't matter. You can always reshuffle those time blocks to a later date. That's why I love doing it on Google calendar because it's so easy to slide the time slots around and you'll get it done. Eventually you'll get it done. So don't be too hard on yourself. Just remember it's a constant work in progress and you will get better if you keep working at it. So I hope that was helpful. If you got any tips from today's episode, I would love it if you DM me on Instagram. I love hearing from you guys about the podcast and getting your feedback and hearing what tips really stood out to you. So definitely feel free to DM me. I would love to hear from you. And now I'm going to talk about my favorite things. So something I have been loving lately, which I mean, I've always loved this for a very long time, but it's really apparent to me lately how much I love it is frequent flyer points. (laughs) So anyone that knows me knows I love to fly business class. It's really important for me. It's something that I had put on my vision board that I wanted to be in a position to be able to fly business class everywhere I went. And I'm at that place now where I can afford to fly business class. And it honestly means so much to me, just that luxury service and the champagne and the food and the priority boarding and being able to go in the lounge beforehand. I just love the whole experience and it really makes me feel like I'm successful and like I've just made it in life. It just feels really, really good. And it's not a luxury that I would ever want to give up now that I've got it. And one of the ways that I am able to do this is by frequent flyer points. So if you start on the path frequent flyer points. It's like a rabbit hole that you can go down. There are so many different ways to earn frequent flyer points. One of the ways that I earn them, and it's quite easy is by having a credit card. So I have a personal credit card and business credit cards, and they are set up to maximize the frequent flyer points. One way that you can do this is by going onto a website that will compare all the different credit cards to show you what's going to maximize your earning capacity. So that's the first step. And then once you have the credit card, of course, you want to make sure that you pay it off every month. So you don't want to leave any amount on there because you don't want it to actually cost you to earn the frequent flyer points. There's other things that you can do where you sign up for your phone company or electricity company and certain companies will have frequent flyer points attached to them. And you can also do it for things like grocery shopping and fuel. You can earn frequent flyer points in those ways as well. And the great thing about that is because although you're earning them through the business, you can obviously use those frequent flyer points for business or personal or whatever you like. So it's just a really great way that doesn't, it's either free or it only costs a little bit and you can build up your frequent flyer points and then you can use them to travel domestically or internationally. You can go business class. You can go first class even, uh, which I haven't done yet, but I'm definitely planning on it one day. Um, And yeah, I just think it's such a great little hack in life. It does take a little bit of time to understand it and get used to it. But once you know what you're doing, it just becomes automated and it's basically just a really great way to have a little extra luxury in your life. Another Instagram page that I found a couple weeks ago is called all signs point to travel. And it's like an Instagram page dedicated to hacks around getting more points. And yeah, I just have found that really interesting as well. So definitely check it out. You can even just Google how to get frequent fly points and start researching it. But I definitely think it's worth spending some time to understand because if you like to travel and you like to, you know, either go business class or first class, it's so worth it for the upgrades because you can even book a economy seat, and then you can get upgraded to business class using your frequent flyer points. There's so many different things that you can do, but it's just that extra luxury in life without the crazy price tag. So highly recommend it. I'm very passionate about it, as you can see, because I've been doing it for so long. I've probably been collecting frequent flyer points for about 15 years now. So back when I didn't have a lot of money, it really helped. I was able to get a whole trip to Europe. I got a few trips to America completely covered by my frequent flyer points. And I only had to pay a little bit of money in tax and I just fell in love with the whole system and I thought it was the best thing ever. So highly recommend checking out frequent flyer points. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.